A good haircut can be a game changer. I mean, everybody wants to look their best for those social media pics, right? So get yourself to Sport Clips at Sport Clips Haircuts. They hair do like no one else hair does. See what they did there? Not only is it the home of champion haircuts, but they've also made relaxing and unwinding the name of the game. Level up your haircut with the MVP haircut experience. It's a spa day for your follicles. Check this out. You get a seven pressure point massaging shampoo along with a perfectly steamed hot towel all while sports plays on the TV. Does it get any better than that? No. You can want it all and have it all at Sport Clips. It's a game changer. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. The Jericho Network on Westwood One. Welcome to Talk is Jericho. This is the pod of thunder and rock and roll. The remedy for boredom has arrived. And boy, there is no boredom today because my best friend Spiwi is here. He returns to Talk is Jericho and he's the for the first time the star of the show. He was on last time as the uh, opening act for Hulk Hogan. Did so well, got such a buzz from the Talk is Jericho universe. I decided it was time to move him up to the big leagues. He is the guest today. He's uh he's uh he's pretty crazy man as you know he's a, he's a nutty guy very very funny very uh, uh loopy and also a very talented songwriter and musician as well and you're going to hear uh, his new song he's going to tell you all about it uh plus he's going to tell us about being an extra on the TV show Fargo and he's talking about being on the set what he did to get the part uh, and how uh, how uh well you'll you'll hear all about how uh the, the ups and downs of being a, a background performer in a major television show he's also going to tell us about the time he almost drowned in the lake in Canada uh while his uh, then girlfriend swam beside him <laughs> trying to help him and also how a real man came and saved him ridiculous stories as well about his puberty very strange years for all of us but i think spewies were stranger than most watch out for bunny and marianne <laughs> you know it's spewy you know it's crazy you know it's happening right here on talk is jericho once again though the, the another reason why spewy is here is because he's got some new music he's releasing two new singles today uh as the dave spivak project is dsp working on a full length album should be finished this fall and because he's my best friend you're going to get to hear the first single from the Dave Spivak project and we're going to talk about all that inspired this song the Dylan-esque uh, qualities of it Zevon with a tragically hip but here it is enough of my yakking it's the Dave Spivak project and I didn't quit I just ran out of money world premiere right now on Talk to Jericho <laughs> Don't do me much good Living in this cynical world The ragged sissies in the courts All trying to drag you apart And I'm down on 59 Broken roads and doing time Still trying to find 
Great drums, great bass. It is I Didn't Quit, I Just Ran Out of Money by the Dave Spivak Project. You can follow them on the Twitter at D Spivak Project. That's S-P-I-V-A-K Project. You can follow him on the Twitter at Spiwi as well. Uh, if you want to hear the other uh, stuff he's got going on, go check that out. He's got another great tune called Get Out of My House. Um, but Spiwi uh, is not getting out of my house. He's going to get on to my show, get out of my dreams, get on to my show. Spiwi is here. Now that you got a taste of I Didn't Quit, I Just Ran Out of Money, what's the story behind it? You're going to hear all about it coming up. And you're also going to hear all about Jake the Snake on the new uh, DVD Blu-ray collector's edition of the amazing documentary, The Resurrection of Jake the Snake. Uh, you got to go check that out now. And what you're going to do is you're going to go to ddpyoga.com slash Jericho. You'll get 10% off the amazing Blu-ray DVD uh, documentary, The Resurrection of Jake the Snake. 10% off if you order there, ddpyoga.com slash Jericho. Not only is this one of the most riveting documentaries you're ever going to see, it's also filled with killer bonus features. Diamond Dallas Page and his crew put so much time and effort into this DVD, including a commentary track, 
with Dallas Page, Jake the Snake, and director Steve Yu. Very honest, very revealing uh, commentary track. I've listened to it myself. And I'm not kidding when I say this is one of the best documentaries you'll see. I think my favorite documentaries I've seen over the years were King of Kong, American Movie, uh, Anvil, the true story of Anvil, uh, not another B-movie, and this one, The Resurrection of Jake the Snake. Great documentaries, whether you like wrestling or not, uh, whether you like uh, the subject or not, you will watch it and you will be riveted. Uh, Jake the Snake battles back from certain death, reclaims his life, his family, his career. Nothing but inspiring. Such a powerful story about redemption, second chances. And right now, you can get 10% off the documentary. Once again, when you order at ddpyoga.com slash Jericho, you can actually get 10% off anything you purchase for a limited time. And that includes Diamond Dallas Page's amazing fitness program, the revolutionary program that saved my wrestling career, DDP Yoga. And you know what DDP Yoga has done for me, like I said, what continues to do for me, for my music career, for my quality of life in general, for uh, cardio, physio cardio shape. I'm headlining shows at 45 years old headline smackdown on friday against dean ambrose we had a great match against cesaro on monday that's ddp yoga helping out and doing its thing to keep me rocking to keep me at full speed man so get yourself a copy of ddpyoga.com slash jericho this program will pitch you get you in the best shape of your life i guarantee it it will inspire you as much as it inspires me get into it man life is short you need to be the best you can be go give ddp yoga and the ddp yoga now app which is one of the most technologically advanced apps i've ever had uh, it, I do all my workouts through this app. DDP has got it down pat, man. I want you to change your life for the better. Get in the best shape of your life. Go to ddpyoga.com slash Jericho and go do it now, man. I want you to want DDP. Talk is Jericho. You're no good, Spivak. You've never been any good. You try. Sure, you've tried before, but your trying is sleeping in till 2 p.m. and going to work for maybe an hour, an hour and a half. Oh, keep dreaming, Spivak. It'll come for you soon. You'll be in Disneyland one day, maybe acting there next to Snow White. Oh, it was as if she'd have you. Nobody will have you. You're stupid. Look how fat you are. You're, trying to, you're wearing a girdle tonight, but you're not telling anybody you're so fat. Your thyroid problem's out of control. All the pills you take, it doesn't matter. Keep getting your dosages up. Maybe it's not thyroid. Maybe it's something worse. Maybe maybe you got something from the bird flu because you, you hate birds and it, they haunt you or whatever. You're not even funny anyway. Look at that dumb joke you tried to tell Spivak, you loser. What are you doing at the Sheridan anyway? Like the Sheridan? It's not a Holiday Inn, Spivak. Sure, it's not the Taj Mahal, but we wouldn't expect the likes of your poor ass to be down here at the Sheridan Hotel. And, <laughs> oh, yeah, you're going to the mountains tomorrow, but you're putting it on your credit card as if you're going to pay for it anyway. You know you're going under again, Spivak. Hey, Revenue Canada, give me a call. Oh, yeah, give me a call right now. <laughs> Revenue Canada will kill me. They'll kill me. They'll oh. all kill me. And with uh, that, the uh, the famous Spewy Pep Talk, he's back on the uh, on the show. Uh, big, big, highly requested. After um, last year, he did a couple guest appearances, and ever since then, uh, many people, including Raven, have been saying, "Bring back Spewy, bring back Spewy." And here he is, uh, my old high school friend, one of my <laughs> oldest friends. We didn't like each other at all, all the way the years, and now now you're back, Spewy, and uh, your famous uh, Pep Talk now. The last time I've said this before, but of all the guests I've had on the show, the only one that I've ever had to uh, stop the tape by request of the guest and start again was with you. A lot of demands, 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we're doing well so far. Roll the credits. <laughs> Roll the credits. But it's good. I mean, this is a, a big shot for you to show yeah. uh, the real Speedy because people have said they don't know the real me. The the people have said how funny you really are. Oh, and that's the thing to get into the to the course of the natural conversation because we're such such good friends. Jam that we yeah. do nothing is just like insult each other really? constantly. Yeah. So whenever you see each other like face to face, like today when I saw you, I haven't seen you for like I don't know six months. We talk every day on the phone. Talk every day on voice text and then actually see you and have no real desire to talk to yeah, you face we, to face. yeah really it's like it's like uh so he's back and i'm like yeah i'm here and it's like we really don't even have any questions for you don't each really other. have anything in common the hatred is is very high but but it really kind of is like i'm not sure really why we're really <laughs> friends at this point you know because it's really like unless there's insulting going on and uh, just demeaning and cutting down everything that the guy says yeah you know, it, it's like it's like it's even like we have the, the, in our group text. We have this like crazy group text with all of our friends, and nobody ever reacts positively to anything that anybody else says. Yeah, no, nobody wants to give anybody any credit, and there's a big hatred amongst almost everybody in that group. It's all for comedy. It really is fun, but there is. Well, yeah, there's a little bit of tension sometimes. But we were talking because, like, in, in the group text, because you were mentioning how, right. like, like the, the big story, and we'll talk about this, is is when you were uh, you went down to to do some stuff for Fargo, which was filmed here in Calgary. Yeah, where we are right yeah. now. Yeah, it was and my big break. Tell us about the whole story about Fargo and what happened when you actually showed up there. Well, I got uh, I did a one little stint on Hell on Wheels actually, uh, and I went down just as some background stuff. Um, didn't show up. Right. I watched the episode in slow motion, right? Not at all. Oh, you actually were, were, did some extra work for yeah. Helen Wheels? Oh, too. I would walk out right in front of the horse and the main character and, you know, all the were you, a- ethnics or whatever they were there. Like, or, you were know, you told to walk in front of them? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, no, no. They would, I just showed up on set. I was this guy that walked around. Uh, no, and, and I didn't show up. So I, uh, But the casting director, I, I, um, I was really nice to her on the phone. I got a nice talk, and I got to know her a little bit. I never met her, but we just had a great, you know, rapport. And she, uh, she goes, "Do you have gun training?" And I said, "Yeah, like sure." You know, do you really have gun no, training? No. And she's like, <laughs> she's like, "No, like, do you really have gun training?" Is exactly what she said to me. And I was like, "Well, um, I said I grew up hunting every day of my life in Manitoba. Like, you know, it's like." And she, I guess she bought it. She's not from there. I mean, I'm from Winnipeg. We never, you from Winnipeg, we never fired a gun unless you were in a gang. You were shooting anything. None of us hunted. I never held a gun. I but held a the, gun. That's the rule of Hollywood. If someone says, you know, can you skydive? You're like, of course I can. Right. Well, and then go online to. Not skydiving or swimming. Right. Not for me. <laughs> but I, uh, but yeah, so I said that I had gun training and I'm not kidding. I started going on YouTube looking at lessons. Like, you know, and kind of figuring out how to hold a gun. And I didn't know, like, I was going to be a Kansas City goon. She says, there's this part for a Kansas City goon, but you have to have gun training. Uh, do you have, like, papers? And I said, you know, hunting every day in Manitoba. She says, okay, fine, you can come. I was like, really? You know, it's great. So I, I, uh, so I went out, YouTubed the crap out of it, even driving a set. I was YouTubing how to sh- shoot, a, like, a 33 or a Magnum, like a handgun. Um, and then I went out to Canadian Tire and I bought a pellet BB gun, like across of it. It's really mean looking. It looks like a real gangster thing. And I made all these videos of myself doing it and, uh, you know, and tried to figure it out. And then I YouTubed it on the way to set, you know, and I showed up and driving. I blew the building up. Like there was like 14 of us. I sort of show up in that scene. Uh, you know, so, so you show up and like, what do you see when you're on the set? Like there's just, there's some big actors mm-hmm. in that, in that show. Huge. Yeah. 
Uh, okay, so I, the first day, uh, I just went with a group of people to the house. You see the Gerhardt house that was built yeah. out, uh, out by Bragg Creek. And I, I head over there, and I go out, and uh, I saw Jean Smart. Um, mm-hmm. She you plays know. Mrs. Gerhardt. Yeah, yeah, and she's just great, and she did a... Uh, a part or something, I could hear her like you know yelling at somebody. I think it's pretty. I think it's actually her and the daughter, and it's the scene before we shoot up the building. Mm-hmm. They kind of shot them in sequence, at least when I was there. So then we go out, and um, I you know I got a little bit lost in the crowd. It kind of sucked because I was right behind Bokeem Woodbine and an actor named Brad Mann, who's uh, from Vancouver. I think he might be on the new X Files or something. He's he's one of the twins. The twins, talk, right? The right? twin, the, the big kitchen twins. Yeah, like the, the, twins, the big yeah. goons, the real right. goons. So you're like kind of like the background, like the yeah, part right of the there. Gang. I'm like their thug, like right next to them, right behind them, and I'm going to be on the main shot. And then um, the director gets everybody to take a break, and everybody goes back to the spots, and we all try to go in there, and some guy cuts me off and basically takes my spot. And in the shot, in the shot, yeah. So then the one of the other directors just rushed me all the way down the line, and I was so as I was, I was far left, and there's like I guess twelve of us, I think. And uh, I just kind of did like a half circle to try to get as close as I could to the camera, but I'm walking through puddles and stuff, right? It was, <laughs> it was bad. I mean, you can kind of see me. Actually, I showed you, like I, I sent you a photo, and I drew a red circle. It's actually not me. There was another guy <laughs> that kind of looked like me, and I just wanted to pretend that was me. So that split millisecond that I paused. So did you? Were you ever actually in the show at all? Yes. When? Yeah. Uh, there's a scene where Bokeem and Brad Matt are walking down a hallway. They're just coming around the corner, going down the hallway. It's a long, long shot, not a close-up shot whatsoever. And I'm the third guy that comes around the corner. But you can't see anything but my leg. Well, you can see my body, you know, my face. Yeah. So I mean, hey, it, my legs are worth it right there. Was that kind of a drag, like after you spend – how many days are you on set? Four days. And when the actual show comes out, you're not in it? Did that piss yeah. you off? Well, yeah, because I had intimate shots that were filmed, and I had friends that were behind the camera, and I didn't even ask them. They were just running at me like, holy crap, man, you killed it. That was a great scene. And there really was a good one with Brad Mann and I, Joaquin Woodbine, where he's talking. She's telling the, the, uh, the daughter of the Gerhardt, the granddaughter – is saying, you know, kill my father and kiss his grits. Tell him yeah, I yeah. said, kiss his grits. Yeah. Well, she's saying that to him, and he's lying on a bed on the phone. She's in the same room as me. It's us three. And there's 10 cameras. There's everything. Like, it's the hottest room I've ever been in. It's a huge production. And I'm there. They called me out of all the extras, all the background guys, to come in for this big scene. They're like, you look like a psychopath. You'll be great, is what they said. But I had the mustache, so I'm in. And it's a close-up scene. And I was taking a dump the day before. And I was reading Michael Caine's book, Acting in Film. And no, I'm swear to God. And yeah, and there was a, he says like in a close-up, don't blink. Uh, Less is so much more in a close-up. And this camera's right in our face. So less is more, less is more, don't blink. So I'm not blinking and don't look at the camera. So I'm looking off the camera and I'm not blinking. And Bokeem Woodbine looks at me and he says uh, his little like Pulp Fiction type rant. Can't remember the words. And then he gives me a nod. And I give the most subtle nod that you've ever seen in your life. Like I'm talking Brando shit. Like I just, I went, I I can't even explain it. It was like, you may just have to go, did that guy's head move? Right. And looked up. And, and, and my friends that were behind the scene, they were like, dude, that was amazing. Like you looked so like a real thing. So I was super excited about it. And I had a couple other scenes that were smaller. Like the one down the hallway was actually like a good 
35 seconds while they only put two one and a half seconds of it down or whatever but i was really excited going um into you know thinking that this was the one but i did tell you i said it's either this one doesn't make it it doesn't matter at all and the other you know the thing is too is like i've had what i feel is a lot of training in being a great actor you know so from what do you mean you know, I've never seen Star Wars or Empire Strikes Back or the other one. What kind of movies are you watching? Sex Boat, Deep Throat, you know. <laughs> um, I was taught how to act from the greats. <laughs> Tom Byron, Peter North, Ron Jeremy, T.T. Uh, T. Boy, Cal Jammer, uh, Shawn Michaels, not the wrestler. Um, <laughs> Cal, uh, These are all porn guys. Uh, Randy West, uh, Jerry Butler. Um, not the hockey player. Not the hockey player. <laughs> you also had an orange garbage bag in your closet for so many years. Yeah, I had VHS tapes, and there half of them were porn tapes. Yeah. Well, not half of them, all of them. All of them. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, funny enough, they were half porn tapes and half Cosby Show. I'm sorry. How funny is that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, apropos, is that right? Yeah. Hey, listen, I'm a lover, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, and I don't put any of that stuff down. I definitely don't watch porn like I used to, but I just uh, you get it, it, you know, porn needs creativity. I could be a great porn director. Uh, I'm not against it, and I could I, I think it would be great. And I'm not going to tell you right here today but why, why, why you... I think it would be great. Well, you, you've got the, the the touch for it. I think I just have the eye. I think I have the taste for it, you know? But what makes a good porno movie? Kissing. In what way? Uh, I mean, it, has to, it can be like total hardcore crazy, but I got to see it. You can't, I can't look at these girls like they're just a piece of meat anymore, like they're hookers or like it gets really redundant and it's all the same thing. It's like you can look at the scene and go, this is how it starts. This is the middle part. This is what's going to happen. And there's the finish. And it's just great if you see the passion, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So you like the kissing part. Of yeah. It. Yeah, it's not funny. I'm not trying to be funny. It's no, I'm not real. trying to be funny either. But I'm asking like, yeah. you because you, yeah. you are an aficionado. Of, well, I, when I was younger, yeah. I mean, I used to joke and, and laugh about the guys and I would study their acting bits. And that's a true story. It wasn't really as much about the porn. Right. Well, I mean, like, obviously, that is a part of it. But, you know, anyway, um, I remember, well, God, I can even remember things like trying lots of different things just to try to get off, like just anything. You would do things back when you were young. I had a vacuum, right? And I... Um, would use it on my dick because somebody some dumb kid in school would say you know oh, you want to get a blowjob use a vacuum you know so i you know i didn't know what a blowjob even was so i ding in my head i go vacuum good time you know and i'd go home and put my wiener in there and <laughs> what? yeah but you never did that <laughs> you everybody what, a has vacuum cleaner like mm. how do you do that like without it like sucking up your wiener everybody has stories like this dude trust me they do <laughs> I'm not alone here. I, this may be embarrassing for me to say this, but I'm done with that. I'm going to live my life who I am, okay? And tell you the truth is that everyone has stories like okay, this. So what was the A vacuum cleaner? Yeah, I had a vacuum Aren't you cleaner. you that's going to like just like suck you right in? You know, in? it was one of those vacuums that was like a kind of like, I don't know, it's hard to explain, but like a football on wheels, like, but it was super powerful, like from like 50 years ago too, and just hard metal. I know what you mean. I didn't, it didn't last long. So it didn't last on, long. So you put on like low, low suck or, or low suck. That thing was like on or off. Dude, there's no low suck. 
<laughs> low suck vacuum. God, that'd be great. Well, I didn't even know how to come, right? Like I was rubbing the head of my cock every night before I went to bed without jacking it, and all this water would kind of come out, like a little bit of. That's why I was asking if you remember that. Yeah, like pre. Yeah. Pre cum or whatever. Yeah, it was yeah. like the best orgasm ever, kind yeah. of. But it was an inner thing, right? Because mm. you never were releasing it to feel the guilt of the, you know, Tom Byron and the Randy T. T. West and yeah. T.T. Boy and Cal Jammer and. Um, but the uh yeah so that so i uh, know i mean i i i remember i had a stuffed animal uh bunny was its name <laughs> and yeah and it always okay so its legs were spread it was made that way and it wasn't a sexual thing unless you were like you know nine years old and you had the juices coming out of you already like me might have been 14 <laughs> 14 years old i mounted bunny I took Bunny, I cut a hole in Bunny's crotch, and I entered Bunny, and I would kind of masturbate and then maybe kind of pump Bunny, and I don't quite remember the exact order or the way things really are. There's way worse things than this, but I'll just tell you what I can. I So I kind of did like a cum pee into Bunny's hole that I created. So you're having intercourse with a stuffed Bunny. Yeah. Stuffed animal. Yeah. And then I... Um, and peeing inside of it. And I want to say I'm probably eight or nine because I remember checking it every week to see if it was pregnant. But I also remember laughing at myself in the mirror that I was doing that. Stupid like, Spivak. Stupid yeah, Spivak. No, not the stupid Spivak, but almost laughing like, good one, man. Like, right. you know it's mm. not pregnant. But it was a way that I could sleep at night. Right. Knowing that I was filling it with this weird liquid strange concoction of uranges yeah <laughs> yeah no i had a strange puberty i mean i it was my escape for me and i mean i'm 43 i mean i'm i'm you know i'm sexual i mean i'm a lover you know but i i uh, i don't uh uh i can't believe why is it be like was, well why was puberty strange for you why i think it's strange for anybody but yeah. it's always just like for me i had to like I remember once, okay, I'll tell you a story. Like, I have not told a lot of people this. Oops, uh, spilled a little drinks. I have not told a lot of people this story, and I'm not super, super proud of this story. But it's a true story, and I think people should know this. Okay. Is uh, I had a friend, little Daniel. We'll call him Little Daniel. Yeah, we'll call him Little Daniel. Protect his name with like Fargo. Yeah, the names of the innocent have been changed. Right, and exactly. for the respect yeah. for the dead, the rest is the yeah. same. Yeah. I'm on from the uh, one thirty mark to the one thirty point two seven five mark of episode of episode six. <laughs> Look for me on episode six. By the way, um, they should have used me. I'm just saying. Oh, with that close up that you learned from on on the dump on the dumper. You know the problem is I look like that. Uh, detective from Fargo that's on the show that's taking care of Peggy and the husband. He had the same mustache, yeah, yeah. same and hairstyle. Also, and you also look like the, the twins right? as well. I they did. had the same yeah. vibe too. So I you, don't blame you, Fargo. Uh, Fargo, you can take me back in okay. season three if you come back. So let's here. go back to the story. Okay. Yeah, they'll, they'll love to have me now. <laughs> uh, so uh, Little Bunny and... Uh, no, you're talking about Little little, uh, little Daniel. Oh, Little Daniel. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, no. <laughs> I talked about it like I'm into Little Daniel. I never was. I want to I want to tell the story as pure as I can. Okay. Little Daniel was my best friend. Right. Okay. And me, him, and a couple other boys, you know, about maybe 12 or 13 years old or 11. I like to say 11 or 10 because it makes me feel less creepy. Like when I get up to like the fact that like I know girls that have lost their virginity at 15 or 16 years old. And oh, earlier. Yeah, yeah, or even earlier. And here I am, you know, 
talking about jacking off to my friend moaning like a girl. You know, we haven't told that yet. Oh, <laughs> Glenn, that's by Glenn Campbell. Oh, oh. <laughs> so you're talking about little little Daniel. So little Daniel uh, and I had another friend, and we'd get together, and we would, they would, well, and I would too. We'd lie on the mattress, and we would take turns on your back, um, making sounds of a girl like master um, orgasm. God, I don't want to sound like a like like, like sleepless in Seattle, Meg Ryan type stuff. Like, uh, uh, uh. Yeah, I yeah, guess okay, so. Gotcha, yeah, right. sure. But you know, in, but you guys in, are doing that to each other. Yeah, right. No, not to each other. No, no, but you're, you're. Oh, there's no touching each other. No, no, but you're all hanging around and, and right. one guy's doing it. Yeah, yeah, making so those sounds. Little Tyler is lying on. <laughs> <laughs> so little Daniel. <laughs> Okay, okay so, little Daniel. Little Daniel lies on his back on my mattress. <laughs> okay. And he's, um, and he, I said, hey, you should do that thing. I said, you should do that thing that you did earlier. You know, with. <laughs> oh, you should. <laughs> <laughs> I said you should do that thing that you did earlier with our other friend where you lie on your back and you pretend you're a girl coming because I find that really funny. I thought it was funny that I would laugh hard. And we were like, you know, 11 or 20. Right. And so he gets into position and he's pretending that his crotch is a woman's crotch and he's touching himself and he's going, oh, oh. Oh, my God, oh my God, oh, my God. And he's really doing a great job. Like, I got to give it to him. Yeah. So I knew he was, you know, I set it up, eh? I just kind of stole <laughs> little Daniel's childhood. <laughs> I uh, I hit uh, play and record on my cassette player. Right. I stole little Daniel's childhood on the TDK-90. Not It's creepy, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really weird, actually. <laughs> <laughs> But this Borderland. comes from the same guy who, like, you told me before you guys used to have boner contests. We had boner contests. Like, what exactly know, is a boner contest? You know, this all kind of intertwines to my idea of doing a Spiewee's Puberty Museum, which would be just such a great idea. You know, you, like, walk right through the tunnel. Like, say it's a tunnel, like a tarp. I don't know why I picture that. I picture it like a carnival. Like, a circus, circus. You know, like, Sadlicus. 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 So, you know, walking down a tunnel. And then all you see is a video of like my parents discussing if they should keep the baby. You know, that's that's how the whole thing starts. Uh, you turn around the corner; it's a wall of wipe-ups. It's just like the worst, this <laughs> perverted shit ever. Oh, that'd be just the best. <laughs> yes. Um, so yeah, no, I was. Uh, what were you asking me? Boner for? contest. Oh, the boner contest. That is so obscure, man. That's uh, that's at the lake. Mm -hmm. uh, a fellow I knew, uh, uh, Daniel. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, Daniel. real Daniel, okay. the real one. <laughs> the real Daniel had a trailer down the way from me, and that's like you know where I am out there. Um, it's interesting because I love it. It's free. You got a little cabin oh, outside of Winnipeg, God, Grand like, Beach area, yeah, Traverse Bay area, mm -hmm. yeah, right, yeah. <laughs>
Lot six, block four area. <laughs> and uh, I have parties and nobody bugs each other and it's great. And it's a lot of guitar and music playing through the night. It's really like a Grateful Dead weekend. Like every time we go out, uh, the sky's amazing. You know, it's like it's just yeah, it's different, man. It's totally different. Yeah. Like, I mean, I've been <clears throat> in Florida, in Mexico, whatever. You're outside. It's hot. This is not the same, dude. This is like an energy out of the trees. It's nuts. It's like yeah. really weird. And there's a lot of mania, that got good mania that comes out of the the night and everything. And um, as a kid, as a teenager going through the puberty again, uh, I would stop over at Shane's and he would have a boner contest. And there would be five of us lined up. And we <laughs> what? But we would have to go into the bathroom and you'd have to get yourself as hard as you could. And then Shane would wait by the door. <laughs> That is real We're calling thing. him Shane, yeah. It's not even close to his real and name. And he would um, measure the size of everybody's penis, but he would do it so quick because he, you know, he didn't want to really look at it. <laughs> so it would be like, okay, four inches, three inches, five inches, whatever it was. But I created a category called largest bag because I had such a big bag. <laughs> and I thought that meant something. Right. It was good yeah. for something, yeah, sure. Right. I'm fine down there anyway, but yeah. I was never, you know, he, Shane, Shane was. Not his real name. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is there throwing his postal code out of address? <laughs> um, you know, he, uh, he had the best. Really? is yeah. nice? Well, yeah, it really was actually. In what way? And, well, it was nice. It just looked good. It looked like good porn. Like right. that's what he had. And I was second to him, and I, I'll give him that. He, he had a beautiful yes, second, Two out of five. Hey, Not bad. Dude, the guy couldn't read or write. You know? yeah, if, you're the, sure if, wiener. if you're in the Olympics, you would have won a silver medal, right. which great is guy. good. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Good, I'm sure. We're prefacing by this yeah. saying, everybody, little Daniel, great guy. Yeah. Shane, not necessarily yeah. his real name, great guy. Right. Okay, so this is the type of stuff that you would do. It's some very crazy. You've always been very um, athletic. Super athletic and yeah. also a little bit unorthodox. What you do and what you say, mm. very very obvious. What do you mean? Well, I mean, what just even mean? what you just talked about: boner contests, little Daniel, uh, bunny. I mean, most people wouldn't talk about that sort of thing. You're very open and free about your yeah own yeah 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 because there's nothing wrong with any of the stuff that I've done. That way, that's the best thing about it. If there was something wrong about it, I had a moral issue with it. I would never talk about it. So that's well. That's I mean, I think when you're growing up, everybody has issues like oh. that, right? With different things that they do, yeah, and different things that that, that the experiences they have, but no one really wants to talk about it. But you've always been very free about that. Well, you know what? It's funny. Like when I was a kid, I watched a lot of soap operas with my mom, mm-hmm. um, and I would stay at home and. I loved Another World as a small kid. Another World was my favorite, favorite uh, soap opera, and I never missed it. And I think it brought out this like uh, weird thing just happened. You know, there was an actress in it. This is nineteen. I'm not kidding. This is going to date me because I'm really not that old. But I was so young, so I'm like five, six years old. Mm-hmm. So this is 1977, eight. Right. Another World soap opera pre 1980 for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. There was a character in the name Marianne. She was so beautiful. I don't remember her to visual. I just remember the family still talking about this up to 35 years ago anyway, right? <laughs> Your family talking yeah, about this, yeah. right. And I was so into Marianne as a kid, and I guess I was probably under five, I would throw fits if the family didn't refer to me as Marianne. <laughs> so, no, I mean, I would lose my mind. And I would cry and scream and hit things. And I'd go, my name's not David, it's Marianne. 
And they would have to call me Marianne. They had to do it. And it drove them nuts, but they had to do it because that's how mental I would go. Like locking me up in a prison, screaming for my life. Crazy. Right, right. Um, and I just thought she was just great. Like I just love Marianne. And I, I know it's weird, but that's all these things, all these crazy little tiny things. But it's, which, it's interesting. Yeah, it's like... Uh, it leads to me the reason I'm here to promote my new single. <laughs> it's my first real 12-bar blues song. Because I've definitely, when I write, it's more of a folky edge or it's my own weird kind of... I always feel like if I'm writing a song and it has... It's like I have a seizure or something in the middle of it, like where it changes to something. But I never veered off on this song. And I was influenced maybe by that, I'm sure, because most of the blues I've heard is from Dylan. But I've been listening to a lot of people. What's the song called you're talking about? Uh, the song I wrote? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't. Okay, so uh, I have a friend at the cabin, out, you know, where I hang out, behind me, and he wasn't smoking one day, and he's a smoker normally. And I said, oh, my God, you know, we've been hanging out all day. You, you quit smoking. And he goes, well, I didn't quit. I just ran out of money, eh? <laughs> well, so he, he's a genius, but that's how they talk out there. So I um, I said, oh, my God, man, like, what would you just say? And he repeats, well, I didn't quit. I just ran out of money. So I uh, I Googled it. I'm not kidding. I Googled it right away. And I was like, there was no lyrics. There was no TV show. There was no film. With that song title. Like, nobody ever said right. it, according to Google, at least, right? So I was like... Okay, I'm on to something big here. Right. And that, you know, it's a great you, song title. And when you have that enthusiasm, you kill it. Like, I mean, I wrote that song in... When inspiration strikes, yeah. it doesn't take yeah, long. Yeah, maybe 15 minutes. I wrote two verses with two choruses. And then Lon came out to a friend, Lon, mutual friend, came out to right. Calgary. Drove back to Winnipeg with him. And I, I said, you know, I have to write another verse for that song. And I just wrote it right there. In one second, honestly, it was like uh, I don't even remember it. You know, like it's so funny. I'm just trying to think. Unless it's divine in inspiration that hits you, and it's a great tune. I've heard it. Right, and we'll, we'll play it later on so right. people can hear kind of what you're all into. But you've got a lot of songs like that, and you've actually right. played some live gigs before. And you mentioned Lon, and you played a gig at his yeah. restaurant. Yeah, which is I, great. Um, I played at the Great Panini. Now I was in Hold my on, defense. The what? The what? The Great Panini. That was, was the name a of restaurant, restaurant in Regina, Saskatchewan, <laughs> right on Main Street. And he had a PA set up, and he had a bunch of friends come. There was about 15 people waiting for me to play my songs. <laughs> and, and the uh, poster was like live yeah. at the Great Panini. Was it Spiwi? Dude, I pulled a total Axl Rose for that show, man. That's what's so funny. It's like I deliberately went, yeah, they can wait. You know, like I said that, and I walked around my house in Calgary knowing that it would take me eight hours to get there. <laughs> and I walked around like I was going to the Madison Square Garden and right. everybody cares only about me. I'm Michael Jackson, Super Bowl 97 or whenever that 93. was. I, yeah. 93, and I milked the crowd for 90 seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But my 90 seconds turned into three hours <laughs> late. So I, um, I, I, I showed up and I... Uh, and there, everybody had gone. Like, how, I mean, how many like, people are in tennis for your show? Oh, zero. My dog <laughs> at the time. She, she, she watched. And even Lon left. He looked and he was into it. I saw him nodding his head. And then he went in the back. And I, and I finished my set because I'm not going to break set. <laughs> and I go into the back and I'm like, dude, what happened to you? He says, oh, I had some paperwork to do. I couldn't believe it, man. I couldn't believe it. So you played, that was your, your first live gig, and you played it basically to uh, zero. 
The dog. People. It's your dog. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Zero, zero humans yeah. and one canine. Right, right, right. 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 Yeah. But that's the, the life yeah. of a rock and roll musician. Well, it is. Well, it's a good first gig. But, you know, I, I got to tell you, this song that I wrote, mm-hmm. and not to keep going back, because I'm not trying to over-promote this, but that's why I'm here. I know you heard <laughs> yeah, some weird, creepy shit. That's why you're here. I knew you heard some weird, creepy shit about that's my, my cum urine solution. <laughs> okay. But why I'm here. But listen to the last verse. I just remembered. We're, listen to this. I think I'll have two more bourbon. Not one, two. Bourbon is a heavy drink. Who would yes, even say right, right, right. I think I'll have two more bourbon. Trash the streets by your home. When you're out in the Trans Canada and you're always alone. Anybody drive down that highway, you're almost always alone. That is a barren I love highway. It. I mean, it's, compared it's, to the U.S., right? It's a great, great uh, right. bit, of, uh, you bit know, of lyric there. And, and, and I'll be smiling every way till the pavement turns to sand. Driving the Gold Coast Highway, holding your hand, and I'll miss the down. You know, that's just a great segue back. It right? is, yeah, it is. And and so, like I said, I'm it, just saying, I didn't write it's, it. It's a, the muse wrote it. Well, the muse wrote it exactly. Yeah. Doesn't mean and, anything. And, to me. I'll and sell listen, it. And but here's something that was written, and this is questions from your fans that we asked at Talk Is Jericho. Um, I have to talk about when I put a paper towel roll on the end of my dick and gave it a blowjob, though. First, please do. <laughs> well. Yeah, see, that's the one thing I would do. I would use a paper towel roll. I'd get myself as hard as I can. I'd connect it to my mouth because I never knew what a blowjob. Everybody would go, hey, why don't you go home and get a blowjob? Why don't you choke your chicken spin back, you loser? So I would uh, run home, and I'd be like, oh, what is this blowjob thing? And I would put a toilet paper roll. I would take it out, you know, just the sleeve in it, and I'd put it on my mouth and put it on the end of my dick, and I would blow on it, and I, oh, I got a blowjob. And I would come back, and I would brag to everybody at school. Oh, so you thought that was Oh, yeah. I go, oh, I got a blowjob last night, and uh, it was really good, and the girl really sucked it, but the girl was me, <laughs> and sucking it through well, a paper the, the, the towel roll. was the paper yeah. towel. I was no, Ron Jeremy, he could, he didn't need the paper towel roll. He could suck his own dick. <laughs> Dave, paper towel roll. <laughs> Two of them. It's still hurting your back, trying to bend over yeah, yeah. and reach it. It's the reason I have a sciatic nerve problem. <laughs> oh, my lower back. All right, we're going to go into some fan questions, which is- Oh, uh, thank God, because we need a drink. A, a new thing here on uh, Talk is Jericho. So at Defendress of San uh, wants to know, what is the best piece of advice you've heard or have read, Spiwi? Best piece of advice I've... Uh, okay. This, that's a really good question. This girl's very smart. From is lyrics? Or, what you, can you, yeah, I, I always envision it as a girl as well, but I'm not sure. Right. So okay. maybe some lyrics or yeah, a line? Yeah. I would think that, uh, you know, don't count your chickens. All right. At Duff Nash... Wants to know where in Alberta was Fargo shot? Like, what am I, Google? Seriously. <laughs> oh, now you're getting into angry speed. No, I'm just saying, man. It's like, yeah, Calgary, High River, round Bragg Creek. You heard the story. <laughs> Talking to one of the big stars from it in a piss-off. Okay, next question. <laughs> and what episode were you in again? Six and maybe seven. We don't know. And what? what there was an organism of mine in seven. Now beat it. <laughs> next question. Okay, at Condorus wants to know, did you ever kiss Chris Jericho? <laughs> yes, actually, yeah. Last year on New Year's. Every New Year's for probably about 10 no, years. No, we've had running. this thing for a while where it's like, it's like we're, I think yeah. we're saying we're, we're actors. Wasted, wasted. Yeah, we're, we're actors. actors. It's like, you know, like Heath Ledger and Jake Gyllenhaal kiss each other in uh, right. Brokeback Mountain. And I would do that for a movie because it doesn't make you gay. You're playing a part. And we'd, be, and we'd always be like, who can get close enough? It's like kiss chicken. Who can get close enough? And I got you last year. I kissed you on the lips last year. 
think you get me most of the years, actually, because I always turn away. I'm good up to that last yeah, half a second, you can't and make, you go for it. Yeah, yeah. you can't go all the way. You don't commit well enough. No, no, I can commit to the acting yeah, thing, just not of. the homosexuality yeah, of it. That's, yeah, but it's not, there's nothing homosexual about it. Okay, I... Um, oh, well, kissing uh, the lips, I don't know. At Hollywood... Uh, what's the name? Oh, at, at Hollywood... No, sorry. At TK Brand 14 Ugh. Not to be confused with TT Boy. Do you love to read... And if so, what's your favorite book or book series? I, uh, yeah, I do read. I don't read a heck of a lot. I like uh, Charles Bukowski. Really like Bukowski. I like. Um, what's the deal with Bukowski? Who like who, who is he? I, mean, well, I know the name. Super crazy, you know. Sixties uh, pop culture author. Because um, you even have al- that in alcoholic, that. like just telling it how it is, and like no rules at all. Dude, his stuff makes the world today look like a complete joke. It's really actually quite fun to go back in time reading him, like being such a rebel back in the day and talking about like just drinking and having sex and hanging out in bars and getting fat and just like it's very humorous. Like everything's just great humor. Because you mentioned that in uh, in uh, I Didn't Quit, I Just Ran Out of Money. I missed Bukowski's oh. second day bounce. Right. What uh, is yeah. that? I kind of just made that up. Okay. Um, but to me, it would be like his second day hangover. Okay. I didn't know if yeah. that was a specific thing. Yeah. I missed the charge. I missed the ounce. I missed Bukowski's second day bounce. Well, I didn't quit. I just ran out of money. That's good. Yeah. yeah. Cool, because I know you're a big Bukowski fan. It's funny. Knew. You've been actually listening. Yeah, I like your song. And it's funny, um, when I was in Europe, I was texting you pictures of Bukowski. There was posters on the wall. Yeah, the band like, called the like, Bukowski. Super I didn't know that. There's actually a band called right, Bukowski. Right, right. So, uh, okay, so at Imperial Jordan wants to know, Spiwi, what albums are you listening to at the moment? Well, actually, I've gone uh, Zevon's Excitable Boy. I started listening to again. Um you know, which is one of the greatest albums. It really, really is. Uh, honestly, I mean, you, if you're not into the Zevon, you got to get into it. It's crazy, crazy, crazy. I could go nuts. I could, like, jump out of the window of this hotel right now over Zevon. Uh, and I'm listening to it. Why do you like it. him so much? Well, he's just such a great writer, you know. He's just he's so Lyrically interesting. He's hilarious. Coach. He's clever. He, his just words are so great. He's a great um, pianist. He's a great guitar player. He was Stravinsky trained. Um, he was such a rebel in a time when you couldn't be a rebel. And I think that's what kind of made him not a huge household name, although he kind of is. Like he's, a, like he's almost a household name because he's like the biggest obscurest star. He's like, he's so like, 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 for, for heavy rock and roll, he reminds me of King's X. It's a band that all the big bands love. But never really made it to that next level. I guess you know yeah, what I mean. Like he's yeah. like, like Springsteen loves Zevon, and Jackson Brown loves Zevon, and the Eagles right. love Zevon. But Zevon himself never really made it to that next level. Well, he had a point though of uh, such crazy success that King's X would never have had. You know, like that's the weird thing is like mm-hmm. he kind of got on the charts a few times, like. You know, Werewolves of London. Everyone knows Werewolves of London. Right? But what's his other yeah. song? Does he have, what's his well, like big... Poor, Poor, Pitiful Me, uh, Carmelita, uh, Roland the Headless Thompson Gunner. But is see, such I a would know song. Poor, Pitiful Me more as a Ronstadt song. Yeah, it was, and Carmelita is more of a Springsteen song, right? No, no, I don't think Springsteen oh, he ever did, did Carmelita. Sorry, sorry. Carmelita is a, right. a very depressing song, strung out on heroin song, man. See, that's you, like true artist type stuff. Oh, true artist, absolutely. Does, does, There's no faking with Zevon, but 
you know, there's other people. There's Jason Isbell that I listen to a lot. And I saw him at the Winnipeg Folk Fest, and uh, he's up for a couple Grammys. He's a kind of a country pop breakout star. Uh, his songs are so deep, man. It's crazy. Like, he's an amazing writer, songwriter, a lyricist. Um, you know, I hate it when people compare anybody, but it's like, you know, they call him the new Dylan just because he's so... And, and people have said that other people, but this guy can write words mm-hmm. with great riffs. And he's a great guitar player. So, uh, and that leads to the next question from at the real T Davis. Spiwi, what's your memorable, most memorable concert experience? Pink Floyd Division Bell, 1997 or 8, Winnipeg Stadium. Ooh. Yeah. And that's I mean, without, you can't... That's without Roger Waters. That's without Roger Waters. Um, you, the band was so small, and it was what went on around it. And one of these days from, I think, Metal, I think it's from... It's the opening track. One of these days, I'm going to cut you into little pieces. You know, it's like a... And then everybody starts playing the strings. It just builds up. And you see these hogs, inflatable hogs, fly out of the speakers over the crowd. Pigs, yeah, flying pigs. I, oh, and we were on mushrooms, my friends and I, like, and that, you know, and light mushrooms, just so people don't think I didn't <laughs> and see all what great I saw. Guys. Yeah, yeah, oh, great guys, oh, great guys. Uh, <laughs> the teacher, um, Craig Stewart, uh, <laughs> little Daniel. works at Fort Richmond High School as a teacher. <laughs> Oh, the university prof, Judy uh, Davis. <laughs> she was, oh, you'd never seen Miss Davis. You think she's a granny? You should have seen her with her panties around her neck higher than a kite. <laughs> Looking you, for no Henry bar. <laughs> Did you ever see Roger Waters' The Wall? Yeah, in Edmonton. Amazing yeah, concert, too. Yeah. That was an amazing mm-hmm. concert as well. Um, okay, and it leads to the last fan question. We've got a good, good uh, selection of fan questions here. Yeah. At uh, the Mike Frisori. Wants to know, what's the capital of Texas? Hey, sorry, Mike. Get it? That's it. Yeah, f*** you, Mike. Hey, Mike. When you've cut off the little bit of foreskin you have left, drown yourself with it by doing a line of it, you c***. <laughs> capital of Texas is Stupidville. That's what it is. Stupid. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh. Wow. Okay. Looks like uh, we're only getting another 20 minutes. <laughs> So uh, one last story that you're talking about. Yeah, no need to repeat any. A few years ago, <laughs> you were uh, you were uh, at the cabin, Traverse Bay, mm. and you went swimming. And uh, what happened? I was in the Okanagan, but it doesn't matter. Oh, sorry, Okanagan. I went swimming. All right, so I was like, um, you know, when you get older mm-hmm. and you think you're in better shape than you are, right? You look in the mirror and you see a different person than everyone else sees. When alcohol is taken over and your face starts to change and your jaw starts to drop, everything starts falling forward. You know the feeling. You go, oh, sure was a lot of doubles last night. Glug, glug. Body's falling apart. Face is falling towards the street. Well, I don't know that feeling. (laughs) So what happened? Yeah, so I just uh, went out there to Lake Okanagan, and I went out, and there was water, and I thought I was in better shape than I was, and I was dating a girl at the time that was a good swimmer, so uh, we were uh, deciding to swim out there together, and uh, I said, let's swim over to one of those boys, you know? Buoys. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, these were children, yeah. It was like, oh, the sun was hitting him from an angle. Little Daniel? Yeah, little Daniel was just glistering in the sun. I stole it. This time, if I steal his childhood, I go to prison. Right. Back then, when I was the same age, he hits on his anything back. went. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's terrible. Um, yeah, so we went swimming out to the boys. At boy, boys. Boys. Mm-hmm. And, oh, boy. I was around the three-quarter mark of getting to them. And I was out of gas. And there was a swell in the water that kept... Every time I tried to swim towards the boyoy, it would push me back to the beach. I almost died for real. I started panicking and pushing towards the boys. (laughs) Boyoys. They were waving. They had lunchboxes. I kept pushing towards them. And I couldn't believe the power of the water moving me around and and the girl i was with was a really good swimmer and she that was the other thing i didn't know her super well i guess like so it was the whole she was like oh yeah you know i was in a swim team in high school i was like oh grew up at the lake swam from you know lying so oh, i went from grand beach to victoria beach i got gun nobody could could shoot a gun yeah nobody could even do that but you could right so I was, uh, you know, kind of thinking I can do this, too. And the boys were far away, by the way. I mean, you couldn't tell if they were legal or not, Your Honor, you know. They were, were so you far you away. just swim to the boys, touch them, and swim back, <laughs> basically, right? <laughs> well, in this case, I got about, oh, God, half a mile away from the boys. That's a long way. And I panicked in a big way. And she came to kind of grab me, and I said, "Get the f- away from me! I'll kill you!" I said to her, because I was hyperventilating and everything. I was nuts. I hey, didn't threaten anybody's life. Okay, right. she, she, yeah, she was a good person. Yeah, well, great girl. <laughs> so, get away from me! I'm gonna kill you. Not kill you, right? No, but knowing you, that's probably what you said. Edit. <laughs> get away, or I'm gonna be in a lot of trouble. <laughs> right. Edit again. No, kill you is great because you're angry. Right. Yeah, right. I'm panicking. Right. Okay, so I'm not gonna kill anybody. You can't because you can't. So she's like, okay, okay. And I'm like, look, just help me. I can do this. I can do this. And I started going on my back because I know on my back I can try to relax. And I started trying to do some serious, like my mantra was don't die a wimp, but you're going to. That's what it was. It was like I had the mantra, but there was this other voice that went in, but you're going to die. <laughs> you're going to die a you wimp. Because that's what happens. Like. You start panicking in the water, and I'm super far away from shore. I can barely see the shore. Wow, that's not true. Uh, But it was far. But people were starting to collect because they could tell that I was panicking, and there was a crowd starting to assemble. At the shoreline. Yeah. Watching this dummy dying. Right. Right. Well, yeah. So I'm about 40 feet, 50 feet away from the boy. Oi, oi. Oi, oi. And I... I'm like, oh, oh, and I'm just screaming and I'm giving everything I can, everything I can. Screaming and giving everything I can. And I came up to the boy and I hugged it, you know. You made it to the boy. Yeah. But these things are tipping over. It's tipping over <laughs> as I'm holding it and I'm taking gulps of water. And the girl that I'm with at the time comes up and she like grabs an end and we kind of stabilize it. So she's swimming beside you. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, like come on, pork Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, and she's really worried. Like she's like, oh my God. Like she's a real swimmer too. She could have swam four times that distance right. not me 
And and for the record, it still was far. Right. Okay. Because okay. I'm still a dumb enough to try something and live <laughs> for a while anyway. And I uh, panicked and I got to that boy and I hung on and I had to do this deep breathing shit for a few minutes. And there was a guy and I had no facial hair at the time, not that it matters, but there was a guy in a beard and he was in a kayak and he saw me. And he and, and and okay, so Malcolm, by the way, Malcolm was there, our friend Malcolm. Friend, yeah. And he came up and the the guy's like a total athlete and like great shape, always has been. And he his choice of floatable is a freaking, you know, three foot high turtle, like a kid would float on. <laughs> so he's sitting on it, he's trying to come to me, and I'm like, Help, help. This is before I hit the boy. I'm like, help, like not help. Help. Like just like I even oh my god. The girl I was with actually said to me, she's, are you okay? Are you okay? And I was like, I'm fine. I'm totally fine. I'm going to be okay. Don't worry about it. I'm sorry I panicked. She's like, okay, it's okay. And then a boat went by with a skier, and I looked at it, and it was so far away, and I just screamed, help, help, like just screaming it like, my th- like three times and then just treading water again. And Malcolm could see I was in trouble, and this guy at the kayak came just ripping out of the water in his perfect body and his <laughs> flew down on his kayak towards me. And I was like, and he was like, are you, you know, he gets closer. He goes, you okay? And I'm and I, by this time I'm on the boy, I'm hanging on, I'm just hyperventilating. And then I'm like, oh, thanks, man. Like, I, oh, I could totally use a ride back. Like, I totally freaked out, you know. So I, uh, so he says, why don't you hang on to the back? And he said to the girl I'm with, do you want to ride? And she's like, no, I'm fine. Like, she was like, so I hung on to the back and he pulled me in. And he, anyway, I started growing facial hair almost immediately after that. Like, I had never met a real man. I had thought I was around real men. I thought I was a real man. This guy... The people were clapping as he went back onto the beach holding his <laughs> kayak. He had it over his head like a trophy. I stayed in the water. I kneeled down and pretended that I needed 10 minutes of breathing exercises so that the crowd might stop looking at disperse. me and disperse so I didn't have to hear it. Or feel the tension or have to thank everyone. I was already obsessing over the fact, should I give him money? Like, I have 20 bucks. Is 20 bucks worth my life? I started thinking. Yeah, give him a tip for saving me. And I and so I, I did. I, you know when you go on your knees in a sandbar and you're down about right up to the chest level? I sat like that. And I did not look at the crowd for five minutes. And when I look back... Everybody had pretty much forgotten about it until I walked up and then they all gave me a look. At least 12 people looked at me. But I had to. I was like, this is going to be awful. I always know, right? So I just went and I went on my knees, turned my back, and I just started saying to myself, that was a real man. You'll never be a real man. A real man owns a kayak and he's skinnier, doesn't have thyroid issues. He doesn't have to take cranberry pills just to get the urine out of him. Why don't you just walk down the beach like a real man one day with a beard, grow the beard like he had a beard? Oh, wouldn't you love to be living with him as he paid the bills? Because you can't pay the bills. You're a loser. But him with the kayak, he could pay the bills for you. Well, anyways, I was very grateful that he took me and showed me that I should have just died that day, that there's not much worth living stupid spivak stupid spivak stupid spivak you dumb idiot stupid spivak stupid spivak 
All right, those classic Spiwi pep talk. Uh, yeah, hilarious interview with Spiwi, and you can hear him uh, slowly getting further and further down the uh, down the drinking hole on that show. But what a what a great guy, and you never know what he's going to say or what he's going to do. He's not for everyone, but then again, either am I, and that's why we get along so well, or do we even get along at all? Like I said, is do we really have anything in common? Uh, it doesn't matter. He's he's a great guy, stand up comedian, actor, and very talented singer, songwriter, musician with the Dave Spivak Project. Go search it on Facebook. The first two singles are out. One you already heard on the on the show. I didn't quit. I just ran out of money. I love that uh, that title. The other one is Get Out of My House, and the full album is coming out this fall. Once again, Dave Spivak, that's S-P-I-V-A-K, the Dave Spivak Project on Facebook. Go search it out on YouTube as well if you want to hear the songs. Twitter is at Spiwi and at Dave Spivak Project. Is that right or did I mess it up? Let me just go do a little research. No, it's at D Spivak Project. Go check out the songs and uh, make Spiwi into a super duper star, even bigger than he would be from being here on Talk is Jericho. And thank you for listening. Thanks for supporting all my guests and all my sponsors on TIJ, including Amazon, easiest way to support this show. Just go to podcastone.com, click on the Killer Deals button in the top right corner of the page, then hit the Talk is Jericho button. All my Amazon links are there. You get anything you want on Amazon. Don't forget, I want you to be a, a Jericho Amazon warrior. If you buy something on the links, uh, if you live in the USA, in the UK, or Canada, if you buy something, po- uh, take a picture of it, post it on the Twitter, at Talk is Jericho. I will retweet you and follow you. How's that? Plus, if you buy something on Amazon, on those links, Amazon kicks back a small percentage to this show. Help us cover production costs, no hidden fees or extra charges. So go to podcastone.com, click on the Killer Deals button in the top right corner of the page, then hit the Talk is Jericho button, and you'll find all those great uh, great links. We find the find the uh, the Amazon, uh, all the wares that you can buy that will help out this show. Uh, and, and subscribe to the show if you want to continue to help out. Get yourself to iTunes, hit that subscribe button, leave a five-star rating. We love your feedback. We love your comments. We read them all. We're moving up the iTunes charts. We're, we're, making, we're making waves here and growing the Talk is Jericho army. And remember, speaking of a huge podcast, the biggest podcast ever, ever is happening right here on March 15th, 2017. Jericho and Mick Foley for the first time ever on Talk is Jericho. It's going to be the biggest podcast ever. March 15th, Foley and Jericho on Talk is Jericho. Make sure you listen. Make sure to keep listening now for the 60-second AP News headlines coming up next. Uh, Stay hard, stay hungry, peace, love, and hugs. And next Wednesday, you ever heard of Aaron Stevens? You might have. Well, you have heard of his alter ego, Damian Sandow. That's right, Damian Sandow, uh, recently uh, out now on the free agent market, finished with the WWE. He's got a lot of comments about what uh, he felt about his WWE career, what he felt about being released uh, about a month ago, and what he has in store for his future. To be or not to be, Aaron Stevens, a.k.a. Damian Sandow, will be here on Wednesday. We will see you then. Peace, love, and hugs. Have a great weekend and a big year, boy. I didn't quit. I just ran out of money. You can download new episodes of Talk is Jericho every Wednesday and Friday at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com.